for fight fans across the globe. It's time for the MMA main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Chris Holdsworth, one of the coaches for Team Alpha Male, confirmed earlier this week on the MMA Hour that TJ Dillashaw injured him and effectively ended his MMA career. Holdsworth was a rising talent in the bantamweight division, a division that TJ Dillashaw was in. Chris Holdsworth won the ultimate fighter in the bantamweight division, something that Dillashaw was unable to do. While they were in a grappling exchange, and this was after Holdsworth had schooled him, he kneed him in the top of the head. Now, I've seen a lot of grappling exchanges, and I have not seen anyone get kneed in the head in a grappling exchange. And definitely, that's not supposed to happen in practice. On top of that, Holdsworth says that TJ was on special supplements. Hopefully you heard by the change in my voice, the air quotes that I was giving. That actually confirms some things that Uriah Faber, who's the head alpha male, said about Dillashaw when he fought and lost his belt to Cruz last year said he looked different his body type was different it was flabby it wasn't as chiseled as it was before so um again this is all hearsay but that uh the fact that it's coming from inside the camp that tj was a part of from multiple people bears some listening to moving on the UFC 2018 pay-per-view schedule will kick off in Boston, Massachusetts, per Dana White earlier this week. UFC 220 will take place on January 20th. Now, no fights have been announced as of yet. However, Conor McGregor has said that he wanted to fight in Boston on St. Patrick's Day. Of course, January 20th is not St. Patrick's Day, but hey, it's still in Boston somewhere that he helped with building his fame uh, and he wants to fight there again. Lots of Irish fans there uh, It's on the East Coast, so it's early. It's easier, excuse me, for people from Ireland to get to than to get to Vegas. And he wants to fight there. But as always, there's a catch with Connor when it comes to him fighting. And now he says he wants, or I should say, he says the only way that he will fight is if he's co-promoting the fight. He's also floated out there that the next fight will probably be against El Kakui. Again, all of this is posturing, or at least I see it as such, because I know, and we all know, his coach has said that the next fight to make is against Nate Diaz. Said in a podcast recently that Dana said after the Tony Ferguson fight that that's the one that makes sense. Again, I think it's tr to put the screws to Nate 
so that he will sign off on things and fight Connor. That's my honest opinion. Again, all of this is hearsay. And until someone signs on the dotted line, we don't know what's going to happen. Raging Ally Quinta finally got on the card in Madison Square Garden so he could fight at home in New York. And he had to pull out the fight. So now Paul Felder will fight Charles Dubronx Oliveira, which I think is poetic justice. UFC Fight Night 119 took place in Sao Paulo, Brazil last week, and it saw Derek Brunson pick up a first round KO and performance of the night bonus against Lyoto the Dragon Machida. Also, Pedro Munoz earned a performance of the night bonus with a guillotine choke in his fight on the main card. Dos Santos and Griffin took home the fight of the night honors. Now, the voices marquee matchup for the main card pitted Marlon Vera, who was on a three-fight win streak against John Lineker, who put that win streak to a halt. It was the John Lineker of old. He mixed up his strikes as he always does beautifully going to the body and then coming up to the head Vera really did not have an answer for it and lost the fight Damian Maya also lost his fight to Kobe Covington I said before the fight started that Kobe Covington was a boring fighter I have to say that he put on a very dominant performance against Damian Maya. It wasn't boring. He had very good striking. He had good grappling exchanges and just dominated the fight. Jim Miller lost via unanimous decision to Francisco Trinaldo. Jack Hermanson got KO'd by Tiago Mejeta Santos. Now, the voices marquee matchup for the undercard pitted Vincente Luque against the undefeated Nico Price. Well, he is undefeated no more because Luque was tearing him up on the feet, got it down to the ground, and then took him out with a Darce choke. I also shared that Carlos Takam was going to be taking on Anthony Joshua in boxing. Joshua maintained his undefeated record and his belt over Takam in a very controversial stoppage. Takam was bobbing and weaving and making Joshua miss. Now, Joshua was catching him with some shots, but most of the shots, well, I can't say most of them. He was catching him with some shots cleanly, but he also had some glancing blows and the ref stopped the fight. It was really questionable, uh, but Joshua lives to fight another day as a champion and hopefully he'll get a stiffer test in his next fight. Friday, November 3rd, Bellator 186, Bader versus Vassal takes place on the campus of Penn State University. This will be the first title defense that Bader 
has against Linton Swarm Vassal. And this is the third time that Linton Vassal has fought for the title. He lost to Emmanuel Newton. He lost to Phil Davis, who lost the belt to Bader. And now he has the opportunity once again to win the belt, this time against Bader. This is not the only title that's on the line. The inaugural women's flyweight title is on the line, pitting Emily Ducote against Elimelay McFarlane. And McFarlane is favored to win that fight, as Bader is favored to win the fight against Vassal. Ed Ruth, who is a Nittany Lion, and also Phil Davis, who is a Nittany Lion, will be fighting, instead of wrestling this time, they're on campus, and this is the main reason why they are there at Penn State. Ruth is highly favored to beat Chris Dempsey, and Phil Davis takes on the undefeated Leonardo Liete. He is the biggest favorite on the main card, however, Liete is undefeated, and there's got to be something to that. So time will only tell what happens in this fight. The Voices marquee matchup for the main card pits Zach the Altar Boy Freeman against Saad Awad. And my marquee matchup for the undercard has Logan Storley, the undefeated LFA RFA vet, versus Matt Secor, who is a tough alum and is in his third stint in Bellator. UFC 217 takes place on Saturday, November 4th in the Mecca Madison Square Garden. And the main event pits Michael the Count Bisping against George Rush St. Pierre for the middleweight title. St. Pierre is a slight favorite to win this fight which I don't know if I agree with all that. I mean, from a betting perspective, that's why he's a favorite, but <sighs> Bisping is the bigger man, naturally. And George has had said in interviews recently that he's had to shovel food in his mouth, eating, eating, and more eating just to get the weight up to be at 185 and will have to cut at the most 10 pounds to meet the 185 limit for the fight. Uh, I mean, size-wise, it should go to uh, to Bisping, I should say. And then experience-wise, this fight, if Bisping wins, he will be the most winning fighter in UFC history. However, George knows that he got the best of him in training in the past, and this is the reason why he wants the fight. Also on this card, which, as I stated last week, is the Voices Marquee matchup. It pits TJ Dillashaw against Cody No Love Garbrandt. This is a really, really close fight. There has been so much bad blood regarding the fight. I spoke about earlier how Dillashaw hurt one of the coaches, then a fighter at Team Alpha Male, didn't say anything about the fact that he left Team Alpha Male and went off to be with a coach who was, you know, really pulling the team apart. Dillashaw said, you know, no, 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 I'm not, uh, I'm not leaving the team. I'm still with Team Alpha Male, only to leave the team a couple months later to join 
uh, team elevation at Muscle Farm in Colorado. Now, Muscle Farm is no longer backing team elevation. They're still around in some kind of iteration, but TJ has left to start his own fight camp. So it's just so much drama, so much backstory. And that's why this is the Voices Marquee matchup for the main card. On top of that, Dillashaw and Garbrandt coached one of the recent seasons of the Ultimate Fighter. And Garbrandt choked him before they went out for a fight announcement. They almost got into it nearly every day. There's a lot of bad blood going on. And if you want to know how bad things are, how bad things still are, you need to go to the Debate Fuel Facebook group. I posted some information from one of the most recent press conferences that took place. It's, yeah, it's going to be a war. And I can't wait to see it. Oh, on top of that, Garbrandt has been saying, I've got footage of knocking you out, TJ. Don't say that I haven't knocked you out in training before because I've got the footage. And TJ was like, put the footage out. Put the footage out. It's not happened. Put the footage out. Well, guess what Cody Garbrandt did today? He put the footage out. Now, granted, they were both in headgear. And, well, actually, that makes it worse. But... Granted, it didn't look like he knocked him out. He knocked him down. But the way that he hit him with him being in headgear and him going down the way that he did. Not only was he in headgear, they were in bigger gloves. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not looking good. Not looking good for Dillashaw, especially if he gets in his feelings. That's not going to be good at all. For Garbrandt being in his feelings, oh, that's a good thing. He fights better when he's upset. He showed that in his absolutely dominant performance against Dominic Cruz. No pun intended whatsoever, but it was just masterful the way that he beat him. And Dillashaw is a knockoff Cruz. I see it going very, very bad for Dillashaw. UFC 217 has three title fights, just as they did the last time they went to Madison Square Garden. The first title fight that they had there is also going to be the first title fight on the card this go-round, pitting Joanna Champion in Playcheck versus Thug Rose Nama Yunus. Joanna has been saying some things that have not been complimentary regarding Rose. And I really feel like she took the low road with saying things about her mental health, seeing as Rose was strong enough and courageous enough to share that she was struggling with some mental health issues and had to get help. You don't do that to a person. You you just don't do that. I know you use whatever you can to get an edge, but come on, let's be classy. Uh, With that being said, Rose has been resolute uh, in a face-off earlier this week. Yendrechek actually put her fist in Nami Yunus' face and pushed her face with her fist. Rose did not flinch. 
So I don't know. I mean, uh, Joanna with a victory will tie Ronda Rousey for the most title defenses by a female in UFC history. But the way that Rose is focused on this fight, uh, Joanna champion may be champion no more. Jorge Masvidal will be fighting Stephen Thompson on this card as well. Stephen Thompson, last time he was in MSG, challenged Tyron Woodley in a phenomenal fight for the welterweight title. This time, he's taking on yet another ATT fighter, but it's to get back to possible title contention. Speaking of welterweight titleists, former welterweight title holder Johnny Hendricks will be fighting at middleweight, same as George St. Pierre, who was the welterweight champion forever, is fighting at middleweight. Uh, this time, he's taking on the rising Paolo Borchino. And it's Hendricks' first fight being with Jackson Wink Academy. Hendricks has been listless in fights. He has not been like on point for fights at all. His weight has been all off and crazy. Does having the structure of Jackson Wink change things? We shall see. The voices marking matchup for the undercard pits Corey Anderson, who steps in against late replacement Ovince St. Prue. Now as a bonus fight, I'm throwing in the feature fight for the FS1 prelims, which pits James the Texecutioner Vic against Joe Duffy. This has been a busy week in fights as there were two cards on Thursday of note, both Tachi Palace and the Professional Fighters League. We will cover the PFL as it is a major organization because it's on NBC's Sports Network. And that card started off with a bang in DC. You had Timur Valuev who took on Hosinaldo Silva and he choked him out in the third round. He being Valuev choked out Silva in the third round with two minutes and 12 seconds into that round. That was followed up with a TKO by knees of Mike Pyle TKOing Daniel Gallimore in the first round. After that, things slowed down a bit as the card ended with two decisions. Lance Palmer beat Steven Seiler by decision and former WSOF heavyweight champion Blagoy Ivanov beat Chow Alencar. Uh, forgive me if you are Brazilian because I'm messing up these names. Uh, he beat him by unanimous decision in the main event. To keep up with all things Trackstar Sports, like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page, join in the discussion on the Debate Fuel Facebook group, and catch us on Anchor, Apple, and Google Play. Follow us on Twitter at Debate Fuel and on Instagram at Trackstar Sports. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent, bringing you the MMA main card, and I'm sounding off.